Hello everyone, I'm your host Luke, and this is my co-host... Gerard? Yeah, Gerard Carmichael the fifth, notwithstanding. Um, <laughs> and today we're doing Bigfoot Encounters. Whoop, whoop. Hell yeah, because Bigfoot, Big Feet, we're all Bigfoot enthusiasts here. In some way, fashion yeah, or form. In some way, fashion or form. So, <laughs> what, what kicked Bigfoot off? There's the... Patterson-Gimlin film of 1967. The film is mostly three and a half minutes of grainy fall foliage, men riding horses, and jerky pants. The famous footage comes across as just someone having fun with their new camera, but about two minutes in, uh, the lens of a rented 16mm Cine, Cine Kodak camera catches something strange. Quote, we were just riding out alongside the creek, riding along enjoying the warm sunshine day. Then across the creek, there's one standing. Everything happened so fast. What Gimlin's camera sees is a strange, large ape-like figure lumbering on its hind legs across a clearing. For a brief moment, the animal appears to look directly at the camera, and then it's gone. You've seen this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what do you think of it? I it's I think I think the main weird thing about it is how it's walking. Yeah. You know. It looks bipedal on the way that its head's positioned. Well, it's, it's like, not like a bear. it's like swinging its arms, right? Which, you know, like humans don't walk like that, right? Yeah. I mean, it, its hands are down and it's you it's know, swinging swinging back and forth. Um if you look like at a chimpanzee, they are, you know, them and like gorillas and whatnot are able to stand on their hind legs. But not for long. Right. But like their their hips kind of, what? Kind of like a bicycle or something. Yeah, their their anatomy is not meant for walking up. Right. right. They can, but it's not, they're, it's not comfortable for them. Right. Even the way that their spine attaches to the base of their skull is not very good for walking like that either. Because they're supposed to be knuckle walkers. They walk on their knuckles right. like on four. And that's how they traditionally walk. Um, and if you look at like a, a primate or a great ape, the way their spine connects to their skull is different than humans. Humans um, are more towards the bottom and it's more like vertical. Whereas uh, great apes and stuff uh, tend to have their spines attached to their skull. Right, the, the, the way the head connects or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. more horizontal in that way. Yeah. Because that's the way they're meant to walk. And and also, this is in Northern California, <laughs> you know, 1967. So, like, it's age and, uh, you know. Uh, so, to some, this is definitive proof that Bigfoot is as real as mountain gorillas or narwhals. Brothers, it's a hoax alongside videos claiming to show ghosts, aliens, and reptilians. But Gimlin knows exactly what he saw that day. It walked upright and for quite a long ways. It didn't look like a bear. He says he's been in the woods his whole life. And he says there's no doubt in his mind at, at all about what it was. So then they go on to say that, you know, this has been a, um, you know, as we've gone over in other past podcasts on, or episodes is, you know, this is a legend from around the world, whether it's the Yeti, the Skunk Ape, the um, 
yaoi. Uh, they're all over. Or, you, you know, like the Epic of Gilgamesh, mm-hmm. his pal Enkidu is a, quote, wild man. You know, he doesn't wear clothes. He, you know, his body is covered in fur. So some people have said that that's like a Bigfoot-like animal. Um, So also, Native Americans have had sightings of these creatures, or at least folklore. Uh, Many Native American cultures have written oral legends that tell of a primate-type creature roaming the continent's forests. In these tales, the animals are sometimes more human-like and other times more ape-like. In the mythology of the Kwak Etel tribe, I'm sorry I butchered that, <laughs> uh, once heavily populated the western coast of British Columbia, the Zunukwa <laughs> is a bear, big hairy female that lives deep in the mountainous forest. Um, according to the, the legend, she spends most of her time protecting her children and sleeping, hence why she's rarely seen. Uh, in fact, the name Sasquatch comes from Halkomelum, a language spoken by several Native American tribes that occupy the upper northwest into British Columbia. Um, in California, there are century-old pictographs drawn by the locals that appear to show a family of giant creatures with long, shaggy hair, called Mayak Detat by the tribe. <laughs> the image bears a resemblance to Bigfoot. Um, some tribes really love him. To other tribes, though, like the Miwoks, he's an absolute ogre, a monster, and something best left alone. Um, to many of the local tribesmen, uh, they say that Bigfoot walks among us. So I'll kick it over to you, Jared. Yes, sir. So this one's from the Smithsonian Magazine, and uh, it's basically asking, why do so many people still uh, believe in Bigfoot? Because uh, he's real. <laughs> the appeal of the mythical wild man holds strong. Uh, 60 years ago this fall, Bigfoot stepped into the public consciousness. Uh, giant footprints puzzled residents, a headline in the Humboldt Times announced. Small Northern California pa- uh, newspaper reported that a road construction crew had discovered human-like footprints that were massive, 16 inches long. The paper was uh, the first to give the mysterious animal that made prints in uh, its memorable moniker, Bigfoot. And the creature has been stomping through the American imagination ever since. Today, the legendary beast seems to be everywhere. You will find Bigfoot looking awfully cute this year in two children films, The Son of Bigfoot and Smallfoot. Animal Planet uh, recently aired a finale of its popular season, Finding Bigfoot, which lasted 11 seasons despite never making good on the promise of its title. Wait, what? History Channel? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they're so... Animal Planet, sorry. They're so scientifically accurate, just as much as ancient aliens. Animal Planet it was. Animal Planet has the Finding Bigfoot series. Um, But still... Holds true what you said. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the Bigfoot uh, Field Researcher Organization list, uh, lists at least one report from every state except Hawaii over the past two decades. Oh, that would be awesome if I was in Hawaii. <laughs> what <laughs> are you doing here? <laughs> well, I came over on a canoe. <laughs> a boat. I came over on a, on a yacht. <laughs> yeah. The Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization list 
Oh, I already read that. The most recent sighting in June 2018 was by a woman in Florida who reported a creature that looked like a large pile of sa soggy grass. Other evidence in the database in includes supposed Bigfoot scat nests and noises. If a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, it may not make a sound, but it seems like someone will report that a Bigfoot knocked it over. Interested in the existence of the creature is an at an all-time high paleontologist uh, uh, Darren Nata Nahash has observed, I, I butchered that one, even though there's nothing even close to the compelling as uh, goes evidence. Of course, Bigfoot is not the first fabled humanoid to roam North America. Sasquatches long populated the mythologies of Native or American Indian tribes in the Pacific Northwest, but those uh, 1958 uh, footprints transformed the myth into a media sensation. The tracks were planted near uh, Bluff Creek in Northern California by a man named Ray Wallace, but his prank was not revealed until his death in, 20, in um, 20, uh, 2002, when his children said it has all been a joke. By that point, more evidence has entered the Bigfoot file. In 1967, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimley filmed a few seconds of a hairy creature walking on two legs um, by the same Bluff Creek, the most famous contested piece of Bigfoot evidence to this day. The Patterson-Gimley film was created in the same place that Wallace had staged his hoax, and just one of the reasons why, um, reasons to doubt its authenticity. Skeptics say the animal was a man in a costume, while believers argue that the creature's movements and body proportions cannot possibly have been human. The debate has been raging for half a century, which raises a question of its own. How is it that evidence has not gotten any better despite an exponential increase in the quantity and quality of, of cameras? Um, uh, still and how many sightings people claim to have. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like we're going to read later on is, just go on Reddit. There's big communities that are dedicated to these types of encounters. Mm -hmm. My other favorite kind is where people say that like Bigfoot, mm -hmm. I mean, these are nowhere near as common, but like Bigfoot are seen walking out of UFOs or like. Oh, I've heard that. You know, like someone like sees like a meteor in the sky or something, and then they shortly after they encounter Bigfoot. As if it came down, right? Like, a, a, like uh, a, so, a, ancient a aliens even did a episode on this, just called "Aliens and Bigfoot," mm. which you can watch. I think I have it, but you know, to me, it's just like, sure, why not tie Bigfoot to aliens? I mean, <laughs> might as well at this yeah. point. Um, still, the ab absence of evidence is not evidence of absence either. Wild animals don't exactly mug for photos. The planet's ever-shrinking forests still regularly unpack surprises, such as the Sawulla, uh, an untamed cousin of the cow that was discovered by scientists in Vietnam in 1992. But the Sawulla uh, did not have legions of amateurs hunting it with cameras. With or without hard evidence, many people clearly want to believe in Bigfoot, which is, suggests we are dealing with more human imagination than human evolution. Natash uh, has written, Bigfoot is the modern American manifa uh, manifestation of a human-wide cultural conception, not a zoological reality. It has grown in, uh, has, it has much in common with the Australian Yowie and the Himalayan Yeti, and, uh, an upright posture, shaggy hair, and of course, large feet. As so-called wild men, they hold a crude mirror up to our own species. What might Homo sapiens be if civilization had had not removed it from nature. 
Um, so I have uh, another one, fact or folklore, but I'll kick it over to Luke if you have another story you'd like to right. interject here. So I, I, I would just like to point out, Jared, that um, like nowadays, like here, I'd like to show you this. This is by the Horror Dome. For $470, you can buy a Bigfoot, like, you know, pro quality costume yeah like let, let's say you're out on a hike and you see someone randomly walking like with this you know in the distance what what would you think would you be able to tell it was a human probably not right extremely difficult especially at distance and i'm not trying to amount that to every bigfoot sighting but you know like this one's 470 dollars yeah, but like i also you know like there's cheaper ones right but that one probably has the most like consistent. Or like, or like those camo, mm -hmm. those camo ones. Mm -hmm. Don't surely you've suits? seen those with. Uh, They're called ghillie suits. Right? Like uh, you, you do airsoft, right? Uh, paintball. Yeah, but people surely someone has one of those, oh, right? Yeah. Um, when I went two weeks ago, there was a guy who had a, a full-on ghillie suit on. Yeah. Right. I mean. To me, those, like, let's say you're out in the woods and, you know, it's, like, getting dark out and you see something like that. Maybe you don't think it's Bigfoot, but, you know, you might think it's, like... You don't know what it is. Yeah, like... Uh, okay. That happened. Camera or microphone failure. <laughs> oh, didn't quite get it. There we go. All right. Sorry, technical difficulties. Um, thanks. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to discount all these, but I do think it's worth noting. So, Native Americans aren't the only ones that have legends or sightings of Bigfoot. There's also miners, trappers, gold prospector, and woodsmen claiming to have seen them. Uh, 1924 group of prospectors hunkered hunkering down in a cabin along the shoulder of Mount St. Helen, claimed they were attacked late one night by a group of eight men. This is the Battle of Ape Canyon. I think I've, I think I did a video on it actually, but it's hilarious. Later, one of the prospectors admitted that they weren't unprovoked attacks. He had even taken pot shots at the creature earlier in the day, which, so you see a rare hominid. Oh yeah, let's shoot it. Most human. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> um, apparently there's a book that came out in 2006 called Historical Bigfoot. Uh, I might actually get that. I've, so, like, um, there's, like, all these weird old news articles, you know, like, people claim to have dug up all sorts of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, you know, back then America was a lot more mystic and, you know, people, you know. Because it's an unexplored frontier. Right. Well, by Europeans. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Bigfoot was also commonly confused with other animals like large, aggressive Grizzly bears, which bears can stand up on their two hind legs. And, you know, if it's late, especially if it's late at night and, like, you see that, 
It what? Seven foot tall, eight foot tall, depending on the size of the grizzly? Yep, and it could be easy to mistake that for right. something you don't... And like, what, you're going to stand there and say, hmm, is that a bear or a Bigfoot? Let no, you're going to run for the hill. So let me just yeah. analyze this. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I'll make it yeah. even, but that's I mean, okay. I, I, I get where they're coming from, yeah. you know. So can I kick it back to you? No, it's not allowed. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> uh, some people see these crypto hominids as a symbol of pure freedom, living by instinct and foiling every effort to pin them down. To search for Bigfoot in the forest is to taste that freedom. On the trail, you become an uh, extra attuned to nature. The smell of scat. Don't mind the ice in the background. <laughs> Nobody heard that. The sounds of breaking branches and the curious impression in the dirt. As long as there are wild places in America, Bigfoot remains a possibility. That, to its most ardent proponents, cannot be disproven. The hunt for Bigfoot emulates an earlier mode of discovery when new knowledge was not the product of an advanced degree in expensive machinery, but rather curiosity, bravery, patience, and survival. In the 19th century, an American landscape revealed its uh, majesties to ordinary settlers pushing westward into territories unmapped by Europeans. To track Bigfoot today is to channel that frontier spirit as well as to appropriate Native American traditions. Bigfoot also embodies a less romantic but no less endearing American traits like gullibility and a hunger for attention. There are so many fake videos, says Laron Coleman, the founder of uh, International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. The problem has grown worse with social media where viral hoaxes like drone footage of a supposed Bigfoot in a clearing in uh, Idaho can rack up millions of views. Coleman, for his uh, part, believes there's evidence for Bigfoot existence, but he and his like-minded peers find it difficult to focus attention on this material amid growing numbers of obvious shams. Technology has ruined the uh, cryptozoology, Coleman says. Right. His complaints echo concerns in more mainstream American life where technologies that promise to build consensus have in fact made the truth more difficult than ever to discern. On the internet, Bigfoot has found a habitat much more hospitable than North American forests. It turns out that Bigfoot does not need to exist in order to live forever. Mate. Maybe when we go to Mesa Verde, we can film a fake Bigfoot video. Or we could try to go hunting for it in the, yeah. in the woods over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do want to go hiking, but... Yeah, we could find some nice hiking paths. Yeah. God, that's coming up. Cool. Yeah. It's in two weeks, my dude. Yeah. We've both got it off. That's going to yeah. be fun. Or, uh... Actually, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Isn't Kelsey going, too? I, I You said he was. Podcast meetup. Kelsey, if you're listening to this, you're fired. <laughs> You've been exiled. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> you may leave the island yeah. and take all your belongings. Yeah. Okay, so back to me or you got more? No, it's all up to you. I have the uh, Ke- Iceman Kemeth. Uh, C-A-M-E-T-H. I don't know how to pronounce That's not the Yeti one, right? Um, no. Uh, infamous frozen, frozen missing link from Minnesota that dodged... Um, dogged scientists hot on its trail. So I, c- I could read that after you read another uh, story. Okay, so this is this is my first story. Did Bigfoot steal a hiker's lunch on Mount Monadnock? God, and this is in New Hampshire. This is in the form of a complaint. Mr. Cunningham, I am writing to file a complaint. This is like, I guess, pre-Karen. 
This is from 2009. This Bigfoot business is getting out of control and something needs to be done about it. Wait until you hear what he did to my poor baby, Chad. Chad. Keep in mind, Chad is just 12 years old and very sensitive. He does not deserve to be treated this way. The doctor told Chad that he needed to get more exercise since he is, quote, at risk for, quote, diabetes. I tried to tell the doctor that Chad is just big bone, but he won't listen. I will be speaking with that doctor's manager. Do doctors even have? She is a Karen. She wants to speak to <laughs> the manager. <laughs> but I decided to play along since I thought some fresh air couldn't hurt. Boy, was I wrong. I thought Chad might enjoy hiking, so I drove him over to Mount Monadnock. The lunchbox full of snacks and a bottle of Mountain Dew. Yeah, that's good. No wonder he has diabetes. Him and his Mountain Dew. Yeah. I was going to hike part of the trail with him, but the bugs were awful. Yuck, I can't put up with that stuff. So I showed Chad the way and went back to the car to watch the Mandalorian on my phone. <laughs> Wait, so this says it was from 2009. That doesn't make sense. Chad looked like such a trooper making his way up the trail with his lunchbox and Mountain Dew. This, By the way... Just to reiterate, this kid is 12. Mm -hmm. And what, his mom just, Let's here, have go. a Mountain Dew. Go hiking. <laughs> go roam Poor Chad was never heard from again. And then even get through one episode. <laughs> I want to watch The Mandalorian because it's such a good show. He wasn't even out in 2009. Yeah, yeah no, what, <laughs> what's going on? When Chad came back to the car, he was out of breath and very upset. Well, he got exercise then, didn't he? He was out of breath. Told me Bigfoot stole all of his snacks, drank his soda, and told him to go home. Wait, so Bigfoot talked. What a bully. This Bigfoot character needs to be stopped. What? Bigfoot, Bigfoot also told Chad he knows where we live and that Chad needed to stay inside and play video games the rest of the day. Or else. I couldn't believe it, but I know Chad would never lie to me. He was so upset and hungry. I had to stop in McDonald's on the way home to buy him a milkshake and double cheeseburger meal. I'm reaching out in the hopes that you can speak with Bigfoot and tell him to leave my poor Chad alone. <laughs> he has been afraid to put down the PS4 ever since. Please respond to me ASAP to confirm you will resolve this situation. If I do not get a prompt response, I will not hesitate to speak directly to your supervisor. Best regards, Karen. <laughs> this regards Karen. Oh my god. Okay. That's That was an interesting whatever. story. Whatever. I think that's fake. Okay. Yep. And so this one is uh basically the incredible discovery, the Iceman cometh. Cameth. Um showman Frank Hansen exhibited the Iceman, a Bigfoot like creature encased in ice, at an international livestock exposition in Chicago. The relic of the Ice Age, he claims, was found in the wa uh, waters off of Siberia. The news uh, soon reaches Ivan T. Sanderson the, of the Society for the Investigation of the Unexplained. Um, uh, Sanderson and Bernard Hevelmans of the Royal Institute of the Natural Science of Belgium examined the creature in a trailer in Minnesota. We consider this to be genuine and a unique example of the most priceless specimen. Sanders writes to John Knapper, director of Primate Biology of the, at the Smithsonian. Are there any pictures? 
Yeah. You want to check it out? Okay. I can keep reading. How can I keep reading if I'm showing you a picture? <laughs> On a different page. So that's what it kind of looks probably like. probably a giant sloth. Yeah, probably. Um, at some date, business was so good that Frank Hansen, uh, Skyward Creature wife Irene, had to open up a second ticket box to handle the crowds. At right, kids gape at the frozen thing Hansen has done fine with. In a scientific journal, Hevelsman uh, declares he has discovered a new species of man, Homo pogaditis. Homo sasquatchitis. There you go. Uh, neighbor <laughs> <laughs> decides to investigate the Sm Smithsonian field. Uh, fields they have an obligation not only to science but to the general public to determine for themselves the significance of this specimen. The FBI to the Smithsonian. Good luck. Um, the Smithsonian appeals to FBI Director uh, J. Edgar Hoover for help. Hoover declines, citing the absence of violation of federal law within our investigative jurisdiction. Napper reports the U.S. Customs will look into it. The body, after all, was supposedly imported. Meanwhile, Hansen puts a model of the specimen on display. May 1969, hooray for Hollywood. Without access to the body, Napier's uh, studies and photos are, are studies, photos, and video. The Smithsonian also calls Hollywood prop houses to find one that admits it created the Iceman in 1967. The Smithsonian announces it is satisfied that the creature is simply a carnival exhibit made of latex and rubber hair. Today, the creature lives at Austin's Museum of the Weird. Interesting. So, so it was a fake. Yeah, it was a fake this whole time. All right. <laughs> I mean, that I mean, all these famous ones, they. They're they're always I I want to use the word contaminated, like the story. Mm -hmm. But they're used for someone's benefit. Right, like that Patterson Gimlin film. Mm -hmm. What the guy was saying that he in the local woods he would he dressed up as an ape man or something. Maybe. Isn't that what you read? Uh, not that one. Maybe. Okay, well this one it was a movie prop, right? Yeah, this one's a movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What you said, yeah, but the, the, he used fake footprints. He didn't dress up, and it was a different guy. It wasn't the Hamlin. Oh, it was in the same area. It was in the same area. Yeah. Yeah. But the guy was um, doing fake footprints. He wasn't actually dressing up. He was doing fake foot footprints. At in like the middle of the night. What? What motivates you to do that? I'm not sure. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Okay, so this is from r slash humanoid encounters. Uh, this is the reader. I'm Native American. I was raised by my Cree or grandfather. He told me of them after my first encounter. We have known of the Wetico for many years. The white man insists that they either don't exist or are an undiscovered, quote, ape, or think that they are doing something by whooping and beating on trees. By the way, they don't beat on trees to make that noise. It's a noise they make with their mouth, kind of like we can slash do when we make popping sounds with our mouths. They are an ancient tribe that live in both the physical and spiritual worlds. They, like us, have many tribes with their own different, quote, laws. Some tribes in the lone roaming mills are extremely dangerous. They have and still do take their women and children Make fun or don't believe me if you like. It makes no matter to me. I rarely try to tell anyone anymore, especially white people, unless the, quote, government tells them it's so. Most won't believe. 
and the government does know, but people should be warned so that just as Baron Cougar, people can be prepared. Um, that's, that's a weird story. Uh, do you want me to kick it back to you or? Yeah, I got an article from the Gazette. Okay. Because I have another Bigfoot encounter after that. Sounds good. Bigfoot report describes odd encounter in Colorado Summit County. Believe it or not, Bigfoot yeah. has been reportedly spotted in Colorado more than a hundred times. My mom's from there. I've been in Summit County many times. Um, in recent years, including one notable daylight spotting that occurred in Summit County, Colorado, during this summer in 2019 spotting, a daytime hiker was taking a break. Uh, near an old log cabin in the area of Mayflower Gulch near Frisco when he spotted something about at about 11,000 feet of elevation. He reports seeing a large bipedal creature attempting and failing to climb a 20-foot high snow, tall, uh, snow wall. After the failed attempt at scaling the barrier, the creature moved on and out of sight. The hiker was joined by two others to conduct a search of the area. During the search, the group was able to locate footprints in the snow, including a large handprint and footprints, which were photographed. That being said, they were unable to, again, locate the actual creature. The report run in with the myster mysterious creature, along with uh, photographic evidence of the prints, was enough to prompt Bigfoot field researcher organization investigator Scott Miles to further look into the report. Miles decided to team up with the witness at the site of the spotting with the second investigator, Scott Walter. At the scene, the witness was able to recap the site in a manner consistent with the initial report, pointing out exact landmarks involved in his story. After a deeper analysis of the witness accounts, investigator Scott Miles wrote, I believe that he, the witness, saw exactly what he reported and was a witness to a Sasquatch, probably a young individual that accidentally or naively got caught in a compromising situation in the daytime in a fairly high-trafficked area. Sightings is, uh, the sighting, this sighting is considered to be a Class A sighting, meaning that Misinterpretation and misidentification of a sighting can be ruled out with greater com confidence compared to other sightings that may occur in darker, obscured settings. Summit County is no stranger to Bigfoot sightings, with multiple sightings in the area have been reported in the past. One notable local finding was covered by the Daily Summit in 20, uh, 2003, sparked by the discovery of a mysterious footprint near Buffalo Mountain. Interesting. That's pretty cool. But that's all I got for that one. Investigator Audrey, Aubrey Brown spoke to a woman recently who said she and her friend shot an, an anomalous humanoid while camping off of the uh, Appalachian Trail on Georgia's Blood Mountain. This is Alana Strickland told Bowen that the encounter occurred one warm June night in 2012 at around 11 p.m. According to Miss Strickland, I was out camping with some friends in Blood Mountain, which is up in the northern part of Georgia along the Appalachian Trail. I was 20 years old at the time, and I will go on record and say that I was not drinking. We had a bonfire and we were pretty mellow. We weren't whooping and hollering. We were mostly hanging around telling stories from the week and whatnot. We heard something over on what would have been my right side towards the denser part of the woods. We were only about five miles off of the main trail, so we weren't terribly far. That had only taken us about a day to get there. We heard something pretty big. Most of us hunters that were hunters that were there, so we could pretty much distinguish between squirrels, bear, and deer. So we heard something really big and we assumed it was a bear. 
like any good red-blooded Americans, we got our guns and just make sure because you don't shoot unless you can see it. We got our lights and we walked out to there to see what it was. A lot of the girls were making high-pitched squeaking noises because they were frightened versus her and the guys who went out and thought it was probably nothing and they'd scare it off. Right in the tree line, our light, lights kept catching something big and reflective. It was probably about six feet or so tall. It was staying just behind the trees. Its eyes were about six feet above the ground, which is what made us think that it wasn't a bear. Because bears aren't typically that tall in the area we were at. We'll get black bears and maybe the occasional small brown bear that wanders that far down, but black bears are more common. They only stand about four and a half to five feet tall. So they shot at me and this guy named Wolf. He and I were the two closest and we shot. We were the ones closest to it and either his or my shot landed on it. There's a lot of noise from the gun, so it was hard to tell what the creature sounded a lot like. It wasn't the movie Gorilla Noise. It's like a real gorilla noise, but much deeper, which again, there was a lot of gun firing and stuff. So that's the best I could describe it from memory. We didn't see it anymore. So we went to investigate the area because if it's down, then obviously we need to do something about a body. Bodies left in the wood aren't good typically, or we need to hide the evidence if it's a bear. We didn't see anything aside from large indentions in the leaves on the ground, as if something large had been standing there and blood puddled in the leaves and along some of the trees moving away from the camp. We saw broken branches as high up as about six feet. That's the story of how they shot Bigfoot. Um, I mean, to me, it's just... Do you they, just... They, they saw a shadow. Yeah, so there's not very much hard evidence to go on. It's not like they saw the creature. But they saw. still shot at it. I know. I mean, what if that was a person? I mean, they, they didn't even know what it was. Yeah, that's extremely five, irresponsible. And like five or six foot tall, that could be a human. Very easily, yeah. That was really irresponsible of them to shoot without God. actually knowing what it was. Um, so they go on to explain some of it. Um, all the guys and herself had a gun. She had a Colt 45 and her friend had a Magnum. So he had the big gun. They're assuming that that's what got whatever they shot. She explained that they were about 30 feet away before opening fire, but it was difficult to see what the, when the shooting started. So this thing wasn't threatening them. It was just making noises. And they shot at it. And they just shot it. And they couldn't even see it. Right? Yeah. They saw a and then, shadow and they still shot. And then even after it got shot, apparently, they still didn't see it. So, like, how many shots do they fire into the woods? What are they, cops? I didn't see it turn around. I just knew that whatever was reflecting the light, the creature's eyes, was there, and then it wasn't. And then we went to investigate. We found physical evidence of it running away. There were other limbs further on what that were the same height and lower that were broken. I didn't see any fur. I just saw eyes and then blood. She described the creature's eyes as being a red-orange color, and the impressions left in the forest floor is, quote, definitely wider than your standard eight and a half by 11 book and at least twice as long as a bear's foot. Uh, 
the leaves are really dense through there. So even if we had plaster of Paris or something like that, we wouldn't have been able to make anything, but they looked really big. Everyone agreed it wasn't a bear, but we didn't tell the girls. Um, yeah, I mean, what? You, you still shot what could have been like a person, like, ugh. And then you posted it on the internet. So basically it's the perfect crime. Um, I'll kick it back to Gerard. Gerard. So this one's um, richlandsource.com. It is a Bigfoot woman reports Sasquatch encounter after outside a gym in Ashland. Um, the 20-year-old woman walks out of the warehouse 24-hour um, gym around midnight. Her workout complete. Um, she turns to the right and heads to her car in the well-lit parking lot. There are no other vehicles in the lot on that side of the building and opened in 2018. Um, she was reportedly not alone in the cool, clear spring night, April 24th. The woman heard twig snap. She looked and saw a creature seven or eight feet tall, covered in gray fur, racing back into the woods about 30 yards away. It was far too large, like several hundred pounds. It moved too quickly. Uh, moved too quickly to be a man, she believed. Shaken in tears, she called her parents from a nearby restaurant, asking them to come drive her home. She had likely encountered a Sasquatch, according to the nationally acclaimed Bigfoot investigator Matthew Moneymaker, who has devoted much of his life to the pursuit of the mysterious creature. Matthew Moneymaker? Yes. That's his name? Yeah, you should look him up. He's a he's nationally acclaimed investigator, okay. um, including the national TV uh, cable TV show Finding Bigfoot. So he's like the main guy on, on Finding Bigfoot. Uh, Moneymaker, a California resident who founded the Bigfoot Field Research Organization in 1995, spoke to the woman and her father before, re uh, before posting report number 69065 on his website. There were plans to visit her in person to gain more information and search the location of the sightings outside the gym at 1151 uh, Commerce Parkway in the city's east side. Unfun unfortunately, Moneymaker said some of the woman's friends and coworkers learned of her experience through the website and made light of her claim. She and her father asked that her name be removed from the website, a request which Moneymaker complied. She isn't interested in further participation. She isn't backing off of what she claims she saw either. She stands by what she saw, and so do her parents. She is a young woman and doesn't want people who may be ignorant making fun of her. I believe her, and I do think it happened. This is not a hoax report. Green flags. Moneymaker, who lived in Ohio uh, for four years in the entire or in the early 1990s, while earning a law degree from the University of Archon, said the woman's story raised far more green flags than red ones. It was those green flags that led me to believe there is something to this, he said. Her father is one who filed the report on the website. He has a lot of trust and faith in his daughter and what she said she saw that night. He knows she saw something that scared her. According to the report, Moneymaker authorized the Ashland woman with... Um, According to the report Moneymaker authorized, the Ashland woman was certain the creature she saw was not any other kind of animal or a human being in costume. It ran back into the woods at an angle to the right and was quickly obscured from her view by the corner of the gym building. She only saw a side view as it ran off with large arms swinging. 
She said she most likely would not have noticed it at all but for the noise of the twi twigs breaking, which she assumed was caused by the creature standing on wood debris. The way it bolted off when it, uh, when it fled is what frightened her the most. It was very fast. The girl's father went to the site the next morning and found a lot of deer tracks in an exposed patch at the ground around that parcel of wood. The quarry often pursued by, uh, by the Sasquatch, according to Moneymaker. Moneymaker, who is familiar with the area, uses maps available on the internet to examine the surrounding areas, resulting in more green flags. Whichever way that deer would uh, use to access that inlet island of woods behind the warehouse gym is likely the same pathway the Sasquatch would have used. If a deer or Sasquatch came to those woods from the north, there's only 100 yards or so of exposed field to cross in the dark before re uh, reaching a large swampy area connected to the Jerome Fork of the Monoc River. So the location is more plausible for a Sasquatch than it appears at first aerial photos. The key element is uh, the presence of deer that show there is both a pathway and a reason for the Sasquatch to approach the edge of the development late at night, Moneymaker said. He said the recent economic development in, on the eastern edge of Ashland community has likely encroached on an area that the Sasquatch have frequented and previously unseen. In his uh, report, the Bigfoot guru suggests these, int uh, these interested check out the swamp swampy zones directly north of the siding. A specific place to look for tracks would be where the swampy zones, swampy zones and Jerome Fork pass underneath the I-71 freeway. Follow the deer path in that area. Within a couple of days, he said a woman who had seen his web report was traveling through the area on I-71. She had stopped to take photos around what looked like an excellent place on the Jerome Fork where it flows underneath the highway that would have been a prime spot for Sasquatches to take refuge. Um, class A. Moneymaker assigned the Ashland sighting a Class A rating, the highest on his three-tiered scale. According to his website, the difference between the classifications relate to the potential for misinterpretation of what was observed or heard. Given a witness might be very credible, but could have honestly misinterpreted something that was seen, found, or heard. Thus, for the most part, the circumstances of the incident determine the potential for misinterpretation, therefore the classification of the report. He said Class A reports involve clear sightings in circumstances where misinterpretation or misidentification of other animals can be ruled out with greater confidence. In Ashland, there were only three possibilities. Either the witness was lying, which I'm sure she is not, or she saw someone in Bigfoot costume, which makes no sense. Ordinarily, in a hoax, the person reporting the sighting or taking the photos is in on the scam. Or she saw a real Bigfoot, which I believe is the case here. Well, after a while of doing these kinds of investigations, you get pretty good at knowing when someone is telling the truth, Moneymaker said. He said there have been thousands of credible Sasquatch sightings over the years, including many in the uh, Mohican, or Mohawken, I can never pronounce that word, river area, adding more credibility to Ashland's report. My hypothesis is they follow waters, or follow water. Creeks, streams, rivers, ridgelines, abandoned railroad beds, um, as well as power line routes. These are the same pathways followed by deer, which Sasquatch are seeking, he said. According to his website, this marks the sixth Sasquatch sighting in Ashland County, dating back to 1943, when a man recalled being picked up by a Bigfoot as a child. Probably it was atomic. Maybe. It was probably radioactive. Radioactive Bigfoot. Oh, this poor guy got picked up by it, so I don't know. 
Um, more recently, in 2015, residents at a campground near Ludenville reported seeing a tall figure perhaps eight feet tall in the shadows before it bolted away. Ohio, a hotbed. M Moneymaker said Ohio has become a hotbed for Sasquatch sightings. It is where he had his own face-to-face -face sighting in a wildlife area in eastern Ohio in the 1990s. His website lists 309 Ohio sightings, though he said many more go unreported. There have been four in Richland County, one in Knox County, according to the website. Guernsey's County, home to the wooded Salt Fork uh, State Park, which lead, leads with 14 reported sightings, including 10 in the past two decades. Uh, geography and to uh, top topography of the state provides a good habitat for uh, Bigfoot, as does the plentiful supply of deer found in Ohio. He recognizes that there are many skeptics who question the existence of these so-called wood apes and question why more evidence has not been found. I know it's hard to accept that they are real until you have you had your own face-to-face -face encounters, Moneymaker said. People keep trying to fit them into a mold of another species. We are thinking of them as humans, like they would have a home address. They continue to move around, often at night, when deer are more likely to be active. They are not often going to be walking around in daytime in full view. Everything, qu everything quiets down at night between 10 p.m. and sunrise. That is the most likely time for a Sasquatch sighting, he says. I... One of my favorite theories about them is that they always say, like, um, well, maybe they bury their dead, you know? Like, that's why we don't find any bones or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I mean, let, let's say how, how many... How, how many podcast or how many Bigfoot would have to be in a group, mm -hmm. right? Like, what would it be? Three family units? Four? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. So, <laughs> here's, my, here's my favorite one out of this. Did I connect telepathically with Bigfoot? Oh, no. <laughs> This is also on humanoid encounters. About 20 years ago, I had heard about a lady who had found rocks on her deck in the form of a circle where there were no other rocks. I even saw the photos. She lived in a forest, so she thought that maybe Bigfoot had placed them there. Okay, so five years ago... Wait, so what? That, that didn't have anything to do with your story. Okay, so five years ago, I'm living near the river in a nice fourplex. We never had any problems with anyone bothering us in the many years I had lived there. It was a very peaceful neighborhood. Nobody bothered our cars or left trash on the property. Nobody bothered the flowers and pots we had placed outside. I'd heard that Bigfoot can render themselves invisible at will. Oh, no. And I had also heard that there are invisible creatures that may be in our midst at any time. And we could never tell they are there. I did a meditation exercise one night, speaking with the dead. I sent a mental image to Bigfoot. What? In my mind, I said, quote, Bigfoot, I send love and light to you. What is he, a hivite? <laughs> he's, he's vibrating above 30 hertz. If you do roam around us invisibly, can you please leave me a sign? That night, I kept my window open because it was very warm. It was high enough that I could always hear if someone tried to get in. My neighbor across the way would always keep her light on and outside and it would shine on my blind so I could see if anyone had walked by my window. I was awake at 3 a.m. and I saw a huge shadow walk by my blinds. 
I was too scared to look down and I couldn't hear anything coming from outside. In the morning, my neighbor across the way says, someone came in my back area and took my little glass plates that were back there. Did you see or hear anyone last night? I said I didn't, but I walked past my unit where the large plastic garbage bins were and sitting on a little plastic table we had out there were four little glass plates arranged in a circle, just like the rocks that the lady in my story said she saw. I was totally shocked. Never before had I seen anything like this happen in all the years I lived there or in all the years I lived there after that. And this lady was a very sweet lady. I got the little plates and returned them to my neighbor and told her I had no idea why she would put the, who would put the plates there like that in a circle. There's only four plates though, and I'm good. <laughs> I wasn't about to tell her. I thought I had put, I thought Bigfoot had put them there. In the future, I sure have to be careful to whom I direct my thoughts. What do you think? This is one in a million chance someone would do this out of the blue on the night I had meditated this. Wait, so you you meditated a thought, sent thoughts towards Bigfoot, and, and then, then Bigfoot mentally walked past your window and then re stole plates and rearranged them in a circle. Uh, very they, legit. Very they, legit. Did they have it? Did they take anything before they wrote yeah. that? Did they, what happened here? Yeah, let's not get into that because... I don't want to get demonetized. <laughs> no, this has nothing to do with YouTube. <laughs> um, your... Your? Your turn. Any turn? Alright, I got one more. <laughs> In turn. So this is the last science. Um, this one is... Uh, Bigfoot's FBI pro, uh, file reveals strange story. Good Nobody job. heard that. Good Nobody job. Nobody heard that. Good job. You destroyed the Pokemon ball. Yeah. <laughs> Bigfoot FBI file reveals strange story of a monster hunting, uh, monster hunter and 15 mysterious hairs. Oh, just hairs. Yeah. That's what the FBI is going off of. The U.S. government releases Bigfoot file, FBI file yesterday, June 5th. It contains a few news clippings and some formal letters to and from monster hunters in the 1970s. Leading to an examination of 15 hairs, some skin the hunters uh, believe came from a Bigfoot. It appears that Peter Breyer, or uh, Breyer, I can't pronounce uh, B Y R N E, Breiner, uh, that monster hunter, uh, wrote first wrote to the FBI on August 26, 1976. His note, in, uh, printed on fancy letterhead, reading the Bigfoot Information Center and exhibit suggests that the FBI was in possession of flesh and hair belonging to the mysterious creature, possibly belonging to a Bigfoot. Gentlemen, Breyer wrote, you will kindly, to set the record straight, once and for all inform us if the FBI has examined the hair which might be that of Bigfoot. Uh, when this took place, if it did take place, what the results of the analysis were. He didn't indicate why he suspected that the FBI might have done such an analysis, only that from time to time we have been informed that hair, supposedly of a Bigfoot, has been examined by the FBI, and with the conclusion, as a report of the examination, that it was not possible to compare the hair with that of any known creature on this continent. Uh, Briner 
appeared to have been concerned with the agency wouldn't take the Bigfoot Information Center uh, seriously. Please understand that our research here is serious, he wrote. This is a serious question that needs answering. He assured the agency that they didn't uh, need, they need not worry about his implying their involvement in his work. But he just did in this article, okay? Um, <laughs> Don't think about it too much. It will make sense. <laughs> and an examination of the hair or the opposite, but, uh, but the FBI does not in any way, as far as we're concerned, suggest that the FBI is associated with their project or confirms in any way the possibility of an existence of the creature known as Bigfoot, he wrote. Um, the assistant FBI director of the agency laboratory division, J. Congran Jr., uh, replied two weeks later on September 10th, 1976. Since the publication of this Washington Environmental Atlas in 1975, which refers to such examinations, we have received several inquiries similar to yours, he wrote. However, we have been unable to locate any references to such examinations in our file. More than two months so later... So they just deny it? Yeah, pretty much. We don't have anything on record. Sorry, I can't help you. Pretty much like Screw you. <laughs> You're on your own. Yeah. More than two months later... On November 24th, 1976, uh, Binier replied, perhaps emboldened by the early response, he asked not for information, but for a favor. Uh, briefly, we do not often come across hair, which we are unable to identify, and the hair we have now, about 15 hairs, is attached to a tiny piece of skin. It is the first that we have obtained in six years, which we feel may be of importance, he wrote. He asked if uh, Concrad... Uh, could possibly arrange for the comparative analysis of the tissue to uh, determine its origins. At the time, all this was going on, Bigfoot was in the news. Uh, Breiner, who had been searching for the creature for five years, supported by the Ac uh, Academy of Applied Sciences, AAS, a small institution in Boston that, according to the document and the file, also sponsored hunts for the Loch Ness Monster. Ooh. Hell yeah. The New York Times has profiled 50 years of Briner's adventures in June of 1976, calling him a former professional hunter in Nepal who switched from tiger shooting and yeti hunting to tiger conservation and Bigfoot hunting. And he went, went swapping there, didn't he? He, um, he watched Tiger King on Netflix. Yep, and decided to go, be, be the good guy for tigers. Uh, most Bigfoot sightings are eventually discovered as uh, discounted as insubstantial or fake. Uh, the New York Times wrote, but a handful hold up um, and are given high credibility. So far, Mr. Breyer, um, though he has never seen a book foot himself, has collected uh, the details of 94 reported sightings that seem believable. Uh, there are many more reports of tracks. Papers recounted several of those supposedly more credible uh, sightings. A clipping of the articles included in the FBI file. The next document in the file, in chronological order, was Coonrad's instructions to examine the hairs uh, Briner passed on, or passed along. This does not represent a change in uh, uh, bureau policy. A me memorandum included in the file states, in an apparent effort to justify the decision, the laboratory branch has a history of making its unique services and expertise available to the Smithsonian Institution, other museums, universities, and government agencies in archaeological manners, and in the interest of research and legitimate scientific inquiries. Unfortunately for Bigfoot hunters, the results weren't what they may have hoped for. In 1977, the lab examined the 15 hairs, a final le letter from Concrad, addressed to Howard S. Uh, Executive Vice President of the AAS, 
read like this. Dear Mr. Curtis, the big hairs, the, the hairs which you recently discovered into the FBI are delivered to the FBI laboratory on behalf of the Bigfoot Information Center and exhibition uh, uh, have been examined and by transmitted and uh, incidented in light microscopy. Um, the examination included a light, uh, study of uh, morphological characteristics such as root structure, uh, medullary structure, uh, what? Medullary structure, medullary structure. I, mean, I can't pronounce that. And uh, cuticle thickness, in addition to cast scale, uh, uh, or in addition to scale casts. Also, the hairs were compared directly with hairs of known origins under a comparison microscope. It was concluded as a result these examinations of the hairs are of a deer family origin. The hair sample you submitted is being returned as an enclosed. Uh, enclosure to this letter. Sincerely yours, J. Conrad Jr., Assistant Director of the FBI, uh, Scientific and Technical Services Division. Curtis replied, March 8th, thanking Conkrada, saying he passed on the news to Bionir, which the monster hunter returned from Nepal. You can read the full FBI. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and that's the end of that. He's just saying you can read the full uh, FBI report here, so I was oh, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, pass it back to you, Luke. Looks like we're going, coming towards a close, too. Okay, so I have one last one. Year 2019, season winter. Wait, what? Season winter. Month, November. Date, 18. State, North Carolina. County, Welch County. Location details. Take Route 421 east of Welch borough and see to route 115 south take 2504 south to cherry grove road nearest town wilkesboro nearest road cherry grove road observed i saw a big feet and i have pictures of its footprints also notice tree structure like a tp and a bad smell is black and about eight and a half feet tall other witnesses just me other stories yes a guy across the road from me saw one at night came out of a creek and ran across the road in front of the car apparently Bigfoot wants to get run over. Time and conditions, daylight around 4.30 p.m. Environment, Mountain Ridge. Follow-up investigation report by BFRO investigator Rick Reilly's. Spoke with Del Curley at length about his encounter. He's deer hunting on 46 acres of woodland near where he lives. From the stand, he saw a tree shaking violently in the wood line. Through his scope, he saw a large black-haired creature back in the woods and swaying side to side. Had a cone-shaped head and seemed over eight feet tall. Dell reported smell like wet dog also. Okay, so if they're so far away, how can you smell them? Some of the hair um, had a reddish appearance. He saw it. So it depends on the way that the wind is blowing. Seconds through scope, I, I guess. I, I've never been hunting, so I, I don't know. Um, other incidents from the proper include. His nephew had softball-sized rocks thrown at him from the woods while hunting. Stick structures of odd, unnatural appearance have shown up on the property. The deer movement on the property has changed as they seem to be hiding. Dell has found large footprints. He also got a strange picture of what appears to be an arm reaching in front of his trail cam near salt licks he had placed for deer. Well, I mean, that's something, right? Um, anyways, uh, we've got to end it there, sadly. 
We'll have more Bigfoot stories for you one day. Because they are hilarious. They are. Especially the one where they mentally connected to yeah. it and then it randomly <laughs> walked across and then rearranged his plates. Yeah, apparently he's Bigfoot is psychic. Yeah. He must have been out walking and grabbed some... Uh, Do you remember that Buddhist temple where he was like a follower of a Buddhist priest or something? Mm -hmm. God, that was crazy. That was on another episode. Yeah, that was a different um, one. This has been your host, Luke, and my co-host, Gerard Carmichael V. Yep. You know what? I've yeah. been upgraded from the third to the fifth yeah. now. <laughs> and I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening. Peace. Go with uh, whoever you believe in. Have a good night.